Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health. With your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. How you doing, Vin? I'm good. Happy holidays to you, sir. Happy holidays to you as well. And in the spirit of the holidays, we've decided to tackle mental illness. Is it a gift or not? In our community, in the mental health community, there's there's people that feel very differently about this. Some people feel that mental illness is a gift bestowed upon us by the universe that, that makes things better. Uh, other people see it as a disorder, a disease, a, a problem, something to be dealt with. And then, of course, everything in between. So where do we stand? I'm going to come at this from the, the position of being a writer. In, in the writing world, we have a little kind of a, a joke that basically says, you know, if you want creativity, go with alcohol. If you want productivity, you go with caffeine. So basically two drugs and, you know, a lot, there's always a lot of speculation that some of the world's best novelists and poets and what have you have been alcoholics or, or addicted to other drugs. And, you know, sure. Yeah, they were, but I don't think it's fair to say that they were great because of their addictions because who knows what they might have produced without that. Maybe something even better. You just don't know. There's a phrase, of course, that many people have heard. It's, we're the sum total of all of our parts. And if you like where you are, then the journey was worth it. I'm sure that I'm butchering that. My, my apologies to whoever said it. And I think there is some merit in that. If your life has turned out okay and you are happy, then the things that have happened to you in your past that got you there, I guess they're worth it. But... I, I don't know. I, I think that that might be something that looks good on a poster, maybe with a kitten hanging from a branch. Yeah, I hear that a lot. You know, I, I hear people say, you know, I don't have any regrets over my life because everything I've been through, good and bad, has made me the person I am. And of course, my response to that is like, well, sure, it did. But who's to say that without X, Y and Z happening to you, you might not be a better person? You're just assuming that you are the best that you can be where you are right now. I, I just don't, I don't think there's any sense to making that assumption. There's obviously a thing, if, if you're comfortable in your own skin, then hey, you've won. But you're right, there is this certain idea that how do we know that whatever version of us we are right now is in fact the best possible version? And that's where I, as a person that lives with bipolar disorder, I have been through a lot. And in general... Today, at 40 years old, I'm a reasonably happy fella. I, I have a great wife. I have great friends. Hey, I even have my own podcast. But I don't know that I would say that I am the best version of myself. And if I did say that, does that mean I can stop trying? I can just sit back and coast? I mean, do I have nothing left to achieve? Because after all, right. I, I'm at the pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody is at their pinnacle. You know, we... <laughs> Getting back to what I was saying before about the whole creativity aspect of things, you know, a lot of people do seem to believe that having a particular mental illness allows you to look at the world in a different way, to be more inspired by different aspects of it, 
to be more creative, to write things or paint things or what have you that are deeper than a person without mental illness might produce. What do you think about that? I think there probably is some truth in that. Anybody that has experienced anything that other people haven't experienced have sort of an opportunity to show that to other people. And especially in America, we love an underdog story. There's two things that that we love about stories. We love it when the underdog rises to the top and we love it when the person at the top topples to the bottom. It's the extremes that this just seem to make us excited. So if you're a person with mental illness and you have to build yourself up, that is an inspiring story. And I can see where people want to pat themselves on the back for that. But the question specifically for me is, does that make the mental illness a gift? Is it right. good? Is it something that you would give to somebody else? Or is it something that if you could have life over again and you had the opportunity not to be mentally ill, would you be like, no, 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 no. This gift was worth it. Even though there's now a cure, I don't accept it. I want to remain bipolar, schizophrenic, depressed, right. etc. And and you know, I and I agree with what you said earlier. The fact that I've lived with depression my entire life has unquestionably allowed me to produce some very interesting things. In college I wrote a lot of poetry and some of it, you know, looking at it in, in retrospect was clearly the result of of being in a depressed state and they were they were good i don't care i would i would burn those things and and you know live my life without depression if i possibly could because those good things do not in any way make up for all the crap i've been through a lot of people invoke fame you know you know we talk about famous people that live with mental illness uh let's talk about robin williams he's he's a very popular comedian. It, it is obvious if you look at the the some part of his life that, that you know, he was a, a deeply troubled person. We don't know the extent. He never publicized his, his medical records. So there's a lot of armchair psychology going on. We're, we're diagnosing from watching him. But we'll go with sort of the, the stereotype definition that he lived with bipolar disorder. And that somehow this was worth it because we were entertained. Now, maybe society is happy that Robin Williams suffered so much because we were, in fact, entertained. But the question is, is was Robin Williams okay with that? How do his friends and family feel? I mean, I suppose for the greater good, his movies, uh, I was a Robin Williams fan, Aladdin was better with him in it. But sure. does this make it worth it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who can say? You know, uh, from our perspective, you're right. We we loved his his madcap antics. Um, I, I've been a fan of of Robin Williams since the Mark and Mindy days, and uh, I, I I was very very hurt to hear that he had taken his life. The world is a sadder place without him. Period. But yes, the only person who can really make this judgment is him. You know, and we're never going to know that. So to throw it out there, I'm a person living with bipolar disorder. I know many people that live with bipolar disorder. Some of them consider it a gift. Some of them don't. Uh, in fact, the majority don't. I, I, I'm in the, it's not a gift. It is a burden to me. Um, it hurt myself. It hurt my family. It hurt the people that, that circled around me. And I almost died because of it. I don't think it is a gift for the, for the principal reason that if I had the opportunity to give it to somebody, 
I would only give it to somebody that I hated. And <laughs> if I had the opportunity to remove it from my life forever, I would. I do in not want this. Oh, in in a yeah. in a in whatever is faster than a heartbeat. I believe that's a New York minute. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and and as I said, even though I feel that my creative works have perhaps benefited to some degree from from my my depression, that doesn't mean that I I want to keep it. I would get rid of that also if I could. My entire career. From from this podcast to my blogging to the book that I'm working on to the speeches that I give relies heavily on what I have been through in my life that was caused by living with mental illness, by, by being bipolar. So, I of course I would give that up. I'd, I'd make more money as a computer guy. I, I had a, a very good career before that. But but even removing all of that, I would, I would turn my life upside down. It would be fantastic to get rid of it. Uh, again, there's this idea that I am my best self. I, I don't think I'm my best self. You know, I've been divorced twice. I, I have uh, in my wake, you know, my family is still remembering, even though it was, you know, 15 years ago, some of the things that I did when I was very, very sick, you know, very manic or very depressed. My entire family got the call when I was, you know, placed in the psychiatric hospital and they did not understand a lot about mental illness. So this really hit them hard. They just heard, hey, your grandson, your son, your brother has been committed to a psychiatric hospital. They, they thought that I killed somebody. They just didn't know what to think. This kind right. of trauma reverberated through their life. And then right. when somebody says to me, hey, Gabe, Remember that gift, that gift of bipolar disorder? I think, man, I was, I was so close to dying. What about the 15% death rate for bipolar disorder? Were those people sure. gifted as well, or did they open the package wrong? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it's a gift at all. I think how we react to it uh, is, is really what, what matters. And there's the part that I really want to touch on. I, I have long felt that mental illness takes. It is an illness that takes. It takes from us. It makes us less than what we could be. And whenever we do something, when a person with mental illness achieves, climbs up, uh, writes a beautiful poem, a great story, makes beautiful art, gets a job, gives a great speech, we say, see, the mental illness, no. No, the mental illness didn't do it. In the face of mental illness, we, the person, stood up, fought it, took it, and did it ourselves. To give the illness credit for our success, it no. The illness doesn't get to take credit for us being successful in spite of it. It's it's almost like an abusive relationship. Everything bad that happens to you is the mental illness's fault. And now suddenly everything good that happens to you is the mental illness's fault too. No, screw that. Take the credit. Take the credit. We did it. You wrote the poem, Vin. You. Yeah. I don't know if I should make this analogy or not, but I'm gonna. It's like the people who who thank God for all of the great things that happened to them, but everything bad, that's their own fault. This is my we might have to cut this out <laughs> later look, Vin. Uh, no. Uh, it, I know. It, we we don't cut anything out. That's that's a that's an excellent point though, and and I do know what you mean. And and you know this this would of course spark an entire religious debate. That's not the purpose of of this podcast, and I don't want to do it. But you're right. It it is sort of an extreme example. 
um, you, you know, the religious scholars and, and, and Facebook uh, will, will debate that for life. Why, when something good happens, is it, is it this reason when something bad happens, it's not. And there's lots of examples in that that we don't need to get into, but I'm a fan for those that have listened to the show for a while and read my writing, I'm a fan of extreme examples. So Vin, go ahead and groan so we can get that out of the way. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe consider more audibly. Uh, consider it done. Consider it done. So the example that I like to use best is uh, I do crisis intervention training. It's where I train police officers on how to better help people in a mental health crisis, in a mental, you know, the mentally ill, having a crisis in ways that can have a better outcome. Uh, re- reduce police shootings, re- reduce uh, prison, jail, uh, get a person treatment, etc. So I stand in a room with a lot of police officers very, very often. And when the topic of, well, is it mental illness a gift? Many people feel that mental illness is a gift comes up. I give this example. I say, okay, right now, a meteorite, remember, fan of extreme examples, hurdles into the police station, blows it all up. Every police officer in there dies. They all die. But somehow, through some some luck, Gabe Howard survives. Well, this makes national news. Man with bipolar disorder lives, 200 police officers die. You can see where that's the kind of thing that mainstream media would pick up on, right? Okay. I'm a charming guy. I tell my story. I, I'm, I'm launched into the national media, and I help hundreds of thousands of people with my message of, of, of mental illness advocacy. And I dedicated all to the police officers and everything's great. And one day I say 200 police officers dying is a gift. I mean, it was for me silence (laughs) in that example. Obviously that is the thing that propelled me to national prominence. It, it, it was the event that, that started in this example, my magical career. So it would be hard to argue that that happening was a bad thing for my life. It was a very good thing for my life. And arguably, again, because I used it to help people with mental health, I can now tie it to all of these great outcomes because of my national prominence. Turns out I'm really good at this. I just needed a, a, a little push, which was the 200 dead police officers because of the meteorite. It still makes that thing a tragedy. And if the meteorite could somehow be, you know changed course and hit a field and not kill those 200 police officers, that would be better. It doesn't suddenly make 200 dead police officers a gift. It just means I made lemonade out of lemons. I turned a bad situation into something good. And I think that's what people with mental illness do. And I think they need to give themselves more credit, which is Gabe Howard's belief. Yep. I'm with you on that. I totally am. We are responsible for what we do giving credit to things outside of ourselves in that sense is probably not the best idea. I think that it takes away an opportunity to give ourselves credit, especially in the, in the, in the mental health community, the, the mental health community, for those that don't know, is, is a community made up largely of people with mental illness, um, sometimes friends and families and caregivers. Uh, but we all get together and we, we hash out these things. We're a small community and we generally talk to each other because a lot of people just don't understand us. And all of these things get debated a lot. You know, so if, if you're on the outside looking in and you wonder about, you know, the, the mental health community, that's that's who I'm referring to. But we want to find a way to take something positive away from, frankly, this horrible thing that has happened to us. Uh, and that's those of us that are alive. I, the, the people that have you know died by suicide, the, the, the horror is their death. But we're still alive and we're still trying to move forward with this bad thing that happened to us. 
Mm-hmm. And I can see where it's tempting to say, oh, no, I wasn't burdened with mental illness. I was gifted with it. I think it does a great disservice, though, because if the general population believes that mental illness is a gift, they're not going to take us seriously when we need more resources. They're not going to take us seriously when we need more beds. They're not going to take us seriously when we need more money, help, uh, access to care, when we need, you know, jobs, when, when you need to treat us the same as everybody else. We're sort of setting ourselves up for a little bit of a struggle because we want to be treated as the same. But yeah. then potentially we're saying, no, we're not the same. We're better. To be fair, though, I, I think it is a very, very, very small minority of, of people who think that way. I don't think the general public has any inclination to believe that mental illness is a gift. I caution that slightly because if you watch television, as you know, people with schizophrenia are great detectives. People with bipolar disorder, they we love deeper and stronger. I do worry about the mainstream culture of uh, mental illness makes us love deeper, believe stronger, well, okay, and we're all but, artists. I mean, but come on, for I, I I totally get where you're coming from. I really do. But now you're now we're opening up the whole can of worms as to how how Hollywood, to use a general term, portrays anything, right? Love at first sight, happy endings, you know, uh, all of these stuff that are things that are completely unrealistic when when compared to real life. So I just throw that on the pile, you know? Fair enough. Vin, I don't know that I want to live in a world where love at first sight is not an option and happily ever after isn't coming right down the pike. So we'll go ahead and end there. (laughs) Thank you, of course, for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a happy holiday season. Uh, Remember to follow us on psychcentral.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. We will talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. PsychCentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.